guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And diners, this week we're bringing you a post-canon episode. Yeah, so we know you've just been dying to know <laughs> <laughs> what we think happens from 513 and beyond. Yes. And so we are here to quell that curiosity. Absolutely, baby. Let's go ahead and type this in. I don't use the word ends. quell very often. No, I don't know why I use it. I think that was the first time I think I ever heard you say that. But, you know, it has a good ring when it comes to your lips. In my mind, I was like, is that the right word? But we're going with it. Okay? <laughs> we're going to roll with it, baby. We're going to roll with it. All right. Yeah. You guys ready? Because I know you are. Yeah. I'm ready. You this ready? is going to be fun because I really, really, really want to hear what you think. Okay. Oh, Lord. Don't put the pressure on me now. Well, <laughs> I always do. I always do. Okay. We're going to start with... Okay. This won't be too hard. We're going to start easy. Okay. So we're going to start with Debbie and then you can tie in Carl with this. Assuming you think that they're still together. Oh, girl. Come on now. <laughs> Carl is not... For one, Debbie is hooked now. She's never letting him go. Period. So, yes, they are still together. So, 513 moving forward now. Debbie and Carl are together. She's still doing her fights for um, gay equality and, and all of that. So they're still not married. They're shacked up, engaged, but they're not actually married. Um, I think that she's still living and loving this her grandmother life, although the girls and JR and Gus, they're, they're gone, but she's planning trips. I think she's um, sending emails every day. You know, being the great grandmother that she is, I think her and Carl both are doing the, grand, the grandparent thing. He's still working. He's never going to give up on the job just yet. I think until he can't walk, walk or work anymore, he he's never going to give that up. She's staying busy, but I think she's finally feel complete. You know, like she's finally complete. Her job is done. Her family is here. Her family is happy. She has beautiful grandchildren. Michael's married and happy. She loves Ben. So they're all good. Yeah. And she's still on Brian's ass. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, they're definitely still together. That's how I see it. And she keeps working at the diner for the most part. I think she's like Cher or Elton John. You know, if they can't have like a million farewell tours. <laughs> I think she retires like two or three more times from, from the diner. Then she comes back on as a consultant. Yeah, okay. well, and then I like to think that maybe after about like 10 years, she's only doing like one or two shifts at the diner, mm-hmm. but it's really just because she loves that community and they don't want to let her go. But I like to think that she starts working for some nonprofit. Like maybe mm-hmm. Brian has a client at Kinetic and they are opening a nonprofit there. It's going to be based in Pittsburgh and they need somebody to do some task or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe not run it, but do something. And he's like, he connects them right. to Debbie in his very Brian Kenny way. And so I like <laughs> to think because she's all about the community and True. all about advocating. And so I definitely see her moving in that direction and mm-hmm. doing something like that. But still at the diner, still Debbie, you know, it's always going to be Debbie. And I think Carl continues to work at the forest, but he does retire when he can. But but Carl's not going to be able to just sit at the house and do nothing. And so I think that he goes, he's like an instructor or a mentor Mm -hmm. for new people joining the forest. And I want to say that he maybe teaches some courses on like, um, sensitivity yes. <laughs> you know, cultural sensitivity and Good like one. things like that and not letting the job harden you mm-hmm. and really being able to speak for it from experience and so i think that he advocates within the force in, in that way and to be a, a free thinker as well because if it wasn't for debbie meeting carl he always would have had that wall up he would have never made he would have never made those strides to actually understand different walks of life so i think he's if he did go into that type of field he would teach them you know, like you said about sensitivity and how to give people benefit of doubts, get to know everybody, and don't just mark them off as an unknown or a fairy, as they like to say in the show. You know, yeah. so you just never know what you're going to come about. So I think, well, I don't think I know 
Debbie meeting Carl or Carl meeting Debbie was the best thing that could have happened to Carl because, I mean, it opened up to so much more. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, I think that he finds a way to kind of marry the two, his experience mm-hmm. in the Force and what he's learned in how to be a better human being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, not Period. just how to be an ally, <laughs> but how to be a better human being. And he tries to get that knowledge right. into as many people on the police force as possible because I think at this point he realized, okay, maybe we do have an issue here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in the force, maybe there's an, a, an issue. And so let me be part of the solution and not the problem. So that's what I see for for Carl and for Debbie. And so that's what I think that they've been doing for the last 20-ish mm-hmm. years. And they've been getting their grandparent on yeah. because, yeah, of course they have. And they're great grandparents. I like to think that Carl kind of becomes a little bit more of a patriarch in that family. Like none of them need to be fathered, but they, most of them would like somebody to fill that role or could use somebody to kind of do a little bit of that role for them. And so I do think that Carl becomes more of a patriarch for their found family. Mm-hmm. No, I like that. That's a good yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Who's next? Yeah, they were fun and that was pretty easy. Uh, okay. Next let's do Hunter then. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I'll go first for Hunter. Uh, so I think for Hunter, he, he graduates and he gets into school. Um, and I think he is determined to work hard and study hard while he's there because like, I'm here for a reason. I want to get this stuff done. So he has some fun, but he's not a big partier in, in college. And I do think that he pursues writing and acting as well, but I think it's more like short film kind of stuff that he's doing. Mm-hmm. And short films with a purpose to where um, he's bringing light to a lot of issues, but in a way that's very Hunter, that's got some humor and some sarcasm, but also like hits you straight between the eyes. Mm -hmm. And so I think he does that for the most part, like writing, writing short films, acting in his own stuff. Um, I think with that, he probably gives a lot of opportunities to some of the street kids to come in and maybe just like work at this Mm -hmm. snack table or whatever. And so I think that he, he does that in his own way. And yeah, that's kind of what I see for him. He also is maybe he's been working on a novel, taking him a couple years to get, to get right. it done. I think that he is a great big brother. He's going to be a great big brother to to JR. And yeah, I just see good things for him. I do see him eventually getting married. Right. I was going there. Yeah, I do see him getting married to some some cute girl and uh yeah, I see them I maybe see them with a couple kids. I think that he would like that right. uh, to yeah. have some, like he, he never really thought that was something that he yeah. wanted and, um, or family- not that he wanted, but that he, that was even like a, in the realm of possibilities exactly. for him, even before he found out that he was positive. And so now that he sees the life that he can have and like, I have the power to build it. I definitely see him building that kind of life. And so he is like a great family man. Like he is a great dad to his kids. Great husband. That's what I see for Mr. Hunter. I'm going to touch on that, too. I definitely see him as a family man. I, I see him as that because, I, like you say, I don't think that family was something that he ever thought, you know, was in his reach. And um, so and uh, but I also see him taking on um, a little bit of Ben and Michael, because what he's witnessed from them is them always advocating. And I feel like he has a great cause, too. He has a story to tell and it's going to be more kids out there that will like him. So I think he's going to use his I think he uses his personal experiences and he's able to help others. Uh, and then it goes back to, like you said, I think he goes back to the community as well. He picks up those less fortunate kids, employs them in a way where they don't feel like they're getting handouts, yeah. but they're feeling useful. And mm-hmm. they don't have to be on the streets the way that he was on the streets. So I definitely see him being someone like a big brother, but uh, not just to JR, but to the community and being a great father. 
And he's a beacon of light. That's where I see him. At. Yeah. You know, and they say you become the adult that you wish you had mm-hmm. around you when you were a child. And I think Hunter takes that very seriously. Right. And so I think in everything that he does, he approaches it that way. So mm-hmm. in his re- in his uh, relationship with his own children and with the the kids in the neighborhood, I think he, he definitely does that. Like tries to be the kind of adult that he wishes that he had in mm-hmm. his life when he was in those circumstances. So, yeah. All good things for all good things for Hunter. Absolutely. All right. Next is your boo, Emmett. Girl, I could go on and on because <laughs> my, my baby is talented. Okay, so I could go on and on. His flame is still burning bright. Okay, it didn't last. Okay, with um home Mississippi Bay. I can't remember his name. I think it was Calvin, but you know the hometown Mississippi Bay. No, it didn't work. It was a good run. It was cute, but you know Emmett is not going to just string you along if he's not feeling you. Like it, it was cute, but. It just wasn't what he was looking for. It's not what he needed. He is no longer in in that. Um, it just didn't work. But that gave him time to focus on himself, which he focused on all of his businesses. And um, so he still is cooking and, and planning parties. He was doing that. And he's very successful here in Pittsburgh. He has a couple major large accounts with his um, party planning. And then it also gave him, it put him with, the, with those major party plannings, it put him back in the same circles of Drew. So they were able to see each other more often. He wasn't overbearing on him. He let Drew still do his thing. But Drew finally hit his 21st birthday. And um, they came back. And they're taking it slow. I just talked to him the other day. So they, <laughs> they're taking it slow. They're taking it real slow. Yeah. 20 years later, they still... <laughs> Girl, he just, he just hit 21 okay. just the other day. It took him 20 years to become 21 because he was making up for all the college years that he missed out on. Okay. 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 And then Emmett didn't want to rush because he wanted to make sure he had all the hoe out of him. He said, You got to get that out yeah. of you. He said, I'm you got to bring that out like that, a wet towel. Baby, okay. So he, he told Drew, he said, Drew, come here, let me sit down for one minute. You know what I'm saying? Baby, I know you fine. You one fine, tall drink of water. Okay. Believe me, I'm parched. But I'm going to let you hoe in peace, okay? He said, because my heart has been broken too much. So, baby, clearly, you know what I'm saying? You still got a little hole left in you. And then Drew said, baby, I didn't hold. You know what I'm saying? I didn't bend around the world. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, I didn't, I didn't bend there, done that. I want you. So, I mean, Emmett's like, that sounds all good and stuff. But, you know, actions speak louder than words. Because last time you said you wanted me, I saw you over there, you know, in the club doing your thug thizzle with somebody else. So, Drew, he had he only could do was respect that. He said, you still hold on to that? It was 20 years ago. You still hold on to that? He said, baby, you know what I'm saying? Like, I may forgive, but I don't forget. All right. So, yeah, they taking it slow. They taking it slow. But he, all in all, he's good. He good. That's all I'm going to give y'all. Okay. I can't tell him a boo like that. <laughs> well, I'm sure when we get to the Emmett episode, you'll give us another little dose oh, for yeah. what you got for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. give y'all everything because, you yeah. know, he be calling me. Okay. So, I see for Emmett, I think Emmett has a million more careers <laughs> because <laughs> that is very Emmett. And I think every one of them he enters into with as much genuineness and excitement <laughs> as the first one. But I just feel like that's what he is because he's always like, I'm into this right now. I'm into that right now. Maybe some of them he keeps mm-hmm. on going. But that's kind of what I think he accidentally becomes an influencer. Uh, and then once he realizes he's an influencer on social media, he's like, oh, OK. Yeah, loving <laughs> you know? it. Yeah, because, you know, he, he loves that little, that little ego. Yes. Um, but I think it does start out as an accident. Um, but so, All of his success has started out as an accident. Yes. Okay? Yeah. But I think that's what he does. I think he tries his hand at theater for a little yes. while, you know, just kind of some local stuff. But, yeah, that's that's really what I see for him career wise. Mm-hmm. Um in everything that he does while he's doing it, he's very successful in it. And then I do think that he gets back with Drew. I think that it doesn't take as long, but I do think, you know, it's a couple years because there's the whole, we're going to call him Calvin, whether that's his name or not. 
There's that <laughs> that lasts for, you know, maybe, maybe a year, mm-hmm. maybe two. And then somebody else comes along and then he has a like, I am being single. I have kissed boys goodbye. Yes. I am, <laughs> I'm doing me. I'm it getting is my not e- gonna work. He gets his eat, pray, love on, yes. you know? And so he does that. And then I think like once he's gotten all that done, that's about the time when Drew turns 21 and then they they link up and they build a life together. Uh, Drew, of course, has to retire from football because yes. after a while you just can't play anymore. You get too old. And I think that he still works with the the league in some way, and, but I also think that he does some, like, broadcast work. So I want to say they mm-hmm. live, like, in Pittsburgh during the season, and off-season they're, like, in California mm-hmm. or something, like, because he's doing that work. I think Drew becomes a great advocate for out for out athletes mm-hmm. um, and really trying to destigmatize that in the world of athletics beyond football. And what else for them? You know, when I talked to Peter Page, he he felt like Drew and Emmett had children together. So I'm going to go with that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I am going to go with like maybe a set of like twin girls or something. Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. I'm going to go with twin girls for them. Um, What's their names? Hmm. Ooh, I don't know. I got to think about that. I'll come back to it. But yeah, I see that for them. Eunice and Eugenia. Oh, gosh, no. I pray not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm afraid not. Well, it's Emmett, so he's probably gonna name him after like Lana, after like Lana mm, Turner. Yes, and, and uh, I don't know, and then somebody else, some other I know, and actress a, a that good he Judy quotes, or somebody. yeah, that he quotes a lot in the in the um show. And Drew will just be like, okay, whatever. But they are like they raise him to like love sports and all this stuff. That <laughs> Drew is like, look, they're gonna be throwing this football. So. Liza and Lana, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. So that's kind of what I what I see for them. So even though. You know, they travel a lot for Drew's job and stuff, but Emmett is his own person, too, mm-hmm. and has his own life and his own commitments. We're like, okay, well, we going over here for my work. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they find themselves on a lot of red carpets. They do a lot of, like, charity events. Living the life. Yeah. And able to live it openly. <laughs> yes, yeah. They become a power couple in the kind of sports world um, is what I what I see for them. Mm-hmm. I saw that too, and it's it's happening. You know, I didn't want to speak on it. You're spilling all the tea. Yeah. Okay. I didn't mean to put all their business out there, but that's kind of a little bit of what I envision for, for <laughs> Emmett. You know, all this stuff, I'm assuming, like, perfect world. Now, true, I know things happen for all of them in right. between, but, like, overall success stories, that's what I'm getting. Yes. Yeah. Okay, next, we're going with Ted. And if you feel like Blake is a part of that story, you can bring Blake in, too. Yeah. Um, I feel, again... Um, Ted and Blake, I think they're still trying to figure it out. Like, I mean, they're on and off again. They're always in their own heads when it comes to one another. But I feel like they're in a healthy space. Ted now is taking, he still works for Kinetic. I mean, uh, yeah, right, yeah, he still works for Kinetic. Um, so he's doing that with Brian, running the company because Brian is out in the country or he's in New York or wherever he's doing, whenever he's traveling, you know, he knows that he can trust, um, he can trust Ted to make sure that everything is running smoothly. Ted is now also, um, he is a group leader at the NA group. So the same thing that Blake would do and get people back on track and mentor, now that is Ted's job. I mean, he is 20 years sober. He's more confident in himself than he's ever been. Um, He's literally the best Ted that Ted could ever be. And for once, he's fulfilled within himself. So he is able to find love and love. I think that just him and Blake didn't work out because they do have past history. Although they have moved on from that, I think that's something that would always kind of like just still be playing on them. So 
he just can't fully let go. He hasn't found that one true love, but at this point, he's content. Like, he's not that depressed, sad Ted. He's in a much better place. He's in, he's where he needs to be. He's right on the track. But yeah, I see him still being very, very close with Emmett and, and Drew. He's still a part of their lives. Um, him and Brian are super close now. Like, that is that dynamic. Brian is not like Brian and Michael anymore. It is a Brian and Ted. So, I mean, Ted is more like his right-hand man. Um, yeah, I think um, think that's, that's about it. Yeah, he's yeah. in a good place. Yeah, okay. For me with Ted, I think, I do think he's still working at Kinetic. I do think that he and Blake got together and they made it work, but I think that they had to make some changes. I think for a little while they... They did take it slow starting out, I feel like. So, you know, maybe by slow, I mean, like, maybe stretch it out for, like, you know, a year, Mm -hmm. maybe. Then I think once they got together, they really had a serious conversation on, is Pittsburgh still the best place for us because of all the history between the two of them and for them individually there? And they are both recovering addicts. And so I think they did have to have that conversation about, is this where we should be? Or do we want to give ourselves a clean like a clean slate, a fresh start. And so I think that I can't give, I can't say too much because it goes into something I think for somebody coming up, but I think for a minute they try to like relocate for to somewhere and it's fine. It's okay. But they really just kind of miss Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And so I think that they, I don't know. Hmm. I'm I'm undecided on that. And they are too, okay? They are undecided on that too. Yes, exactly, yeah. (laughs) So they moved away and then they came back to Pittsburgh and then, you know, they moved away for a couple years and then they came back to Pittsburgh for a couple years and they're like, okay, let's let's make a decision. So they're still making the decision right now (laughs) (laughs) of where they're going. Um, Yeah, he's still very close with Emmett. Great friends with Brian now because they've had to work so well together. Mm -hmm. He's like a right hand to Brian, basically. And um, doing well at Kinetic. They've expanded Kinetic. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think he thinks that he's the fun uncle for all the kids, but Mm -hmm. he's really like super corny. But they love him just because he's their teddy. (laughs) Uh, He and Blake go to the opera. And I think he finds another hobby for himself. Like they find a hobby for them together. Mm -hmm. And then he finds another hobby for him individually. And yeah, I think that's what he what he does. I think he finds some balance between work and life and relationship and he learns how to make Ted happy, right. but also how to let everybody else be just the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. So the relationship with Blake is icing on the cake, his job is icing on the cake, and but he is happy as Ted is what I think for him. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, I, I believe that same thing though. I yeah, exactly. I I have no rebuts rebuttals for that. Yeah, <laughs> you're good. Okay, all right. Let's move into Ben and Michael, but separately. You can do them separately or together. It kind of depends on which direction you want to go with that. Oh, I'm giving them as a whole. Um, ben and Michael still madly in love. Um, they've just really figured each other out. They know how to work well together. They communicate very well together. And they found common ground on parenting because they're both they both get really aggressive when it comes um, to baby Jr. So Ben and Michael have definitely found how to parent with Lindsay and Mel. I think they do a really good job of co-parenting. They fly out once a month or twice a month um, to go actually sit, physically see the girls and um, and the kiddos. Michael still owning the comic book shop. He's never given that up. 
business is is booming for him. So he's really successful in that. He still never um, gave up his comic book dream. So he's hoping that here soon, once Justin, you know, finish everything that he's doing, that they can actually come back and finish up some more comics, you know, uh, moving forward. Ben is still still a professor at the university. So he's still teaching, still educating, um, still advocating and standing for everything that he stands for. Um, they really haven't changed. They're they're literally they've only grown older, and they they love just grown stronger. What I see for them, like I don't really see them because to me, oops, and don't hate me on this, but they were old young people, if that makes sense. Like older young people, like they had the minds. Their minds are like 60, 70 year olds. And not saying that's old because you're only as old as you feel. You, well, you're but saying you feel me? They, they felt more settled. Yes, more settled. Yeah. So nothing really changed for them except for they're, they're watching their, their child grow, their kids. They, they love what Hunter is doing. They're grandparents now, too. Hunter had a child or two. And then they have JR, who is their, their child, who they're raising. So, I mean, they're, they're being kept on their toes because of the little ones that are around. Although JR now is, is grown herself, you know, but she's still young adult. But yeah, I don't think much really changed for them except for they just really figured each other out a little more because we could see throughout the series something that when they would disagree, they would disagree. Okay. Like it would be, um, I mean, a damn near knockdown drag out with those two. So they are no longer that toxic. They are just a little toxic, a little toxic in them. But yeah, all in all, they're doing very, very well. Their love is really strong. Their family is booming. Um, yeah, that's what I have. And Michael actually learned how to ride a bike properly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he he actually does not need training wheels or any of that. You know, yeah. Robert. Finally, ooh, Robert. Ben finally got him together. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let me preface this by saying I'm probably gonna upset some people, but you know the thing about this is there is no wrong or right because nobody has anything they can compare what we're saying to to tell right. us if we, we were right or wrong. So you just get our opinions, and that's just what it is. Um. Now, I've also, even since we were doing season one, I've talked about how because I'm Gemini, that means I can have two opinions about something and they can be contradictory and that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So this is one where I have two opinions about. One is, opinion A is in line with what you you were saying. Like they just kind of keep growing in their home together and they love being grandparents to Hunter's kids and they, Ben continues to teach at the, at the university and Michael continues to do the to do the comic book shop. I don't really with rage. I guess I think he still wants it to happen, but I think because that one is so much tied to Justin, so maybe he tries. I think he does another comic that's not as successful, and he does it with a different freelance artist he can get or whatever. So it's not, it doesn't have that like personal thing to him, but he is still getting to do comic book stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it's the huge success that Rage was, but it's something that fulfills him that's mm-hmm. satisfying to him. But I do think. When they can, or maybe they have like, maybe on the, after 10 years, after 15 years, whatever, they do another rage mm-hmm. thing, be it one issue or a couple issues. I think they do something like that. But yeah, I'm going to put him doing his whole comic book thing just in another way. And so I, one part of me can see them being staying happy together. But then the other part of me <laughs> is like, you know, after a while, they just kind of realize what do we have in common? <laughs> and... So much of their, not not at all to the extent of a Dr. David, but in a way, so much of it is them. And I think this is also just part of a relationship, but like molding that person or kind of re- bringing that person back in to kind of fit what they want the life to be. Like right. we saw Ben doing that with the moving out to the, to the suburbs and then little things like that. And so it's like, okay, well, once I've 
we've kind of like got ourselves into this little box that we were trying to put ourselves in and we exist here. I just kind of wonder if they get to a point to where it may be been before Michael is like, I'm bored, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, because and I think where that comes from for me is. Ben had settled on, okay, this is the kind of life that I'm going to be able to have as a positive man, but then got to really kind of expand that a little bit more and got, got two children and got a husband and all this. And so now it's like that kind of lust for life, that zeal for life is, is like, oh yeah, I can still, these things that I want to do before, like if I want to go to Tibet, if I want to do this, you know, I think maybe some of that gets reawakened in him, maybe through some midlife crisis. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, we forgot. This is 20 years forward. So now Ben is undetectable as well. Yes. 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 We we do want to put that in there. Uh, The meds are working Mm -hmm. in his favor. And so, yeah, uh, with the advancement of medicine, like, yeah, I I agree with that. I think that too. Um, But he still treats it as if every decision that I make matters. Like Mm -hmm. I have to stay healthy. I have to stay fit. I think he still treats it that way because it's so programmed in him and Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to take, He's lived through so many medications that didn't do what they were supposed to do that I think there's a part of him that remains a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, cautious. But uh, yeah, so I just wonder if they do get bored, My, uh, Ben more so than Michael, if he gets bored. And then if because of that, they part ways. Okay. Um, I think, I mean, you could be, yes. Yes and no. That's just option, okay. that's just option yeah, B. Yes, okay? option B. Um, yes and no. I mean, this is your, I can't tell you you're no, wrong. No, no, but like, I want to talk through it. I yeah. want to talk through it. I feel that um, with those two, in a relationship, when you're together for so long, it don't matter if it's five years. After five years, you start going through the motions, right? So you got to find ways to spice it up. So yes, they're definitely going to go through those times where they're like, they're bored or whatever the case. But over the years, they've really grown and learned how to communicate with each other in an effective way. So I feel like neither one of them was shy, except for Michael, when he really needs to be brutally honest. Um, Ben has never been shy to tell Michael what he's feeling. So I feel like Ben would step up to the plate and say, we need to go seek help elsewhere because I'm feeling a certain type of way. You know, we need to go talk to someone or this is what I'm feeling. And if Michael is not receptive to it, hey, I don't want to give up on us, but I think we should go seek some therapy or something. You know, I think they would talk it through. It wouldn't just be one of those, oh, hey, I'm gone. I'm out of here. You're boring me. We've been together for 20 years, but I'm done with your ass. It's time for you to pack it to the left, to the left. All right, get the hell out. And they built so much. And then they have the family. I don't think that they, I don't think that at all. I think maybe they did get bored, but they went and got some help. You know, they went and got some help and they talked through it. And they're working on spicing it back up because you do have to reinvent yourself after X amount of years, you know, to keep it spicy. Because if you're together 15, 16 years, you've done a lot. You okay? There's not enough fucking in the world to say that, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, to keep it together. You got to find other things to keep you together, you know? And like you said, what do they have in common? So maybe they picked up Thursday night card night, um, Wednesday night drawing, or whatever the case. But I already feel like they already did so many things together. They, They would have something in common by now. Like, I mean, bike races, protest i mean just everything they've done so much together they were always together maybe that may be the downfall you spend yeah. too much damn time yeah. bitch i need my space okay <laughs> i need my space you, you all on my neck i can't even breathe bag back give me 50 feet that that may be the reason why not because they don't have shit in common because they got too much in common yeah see i i don't know i just i don't know part of me just kind of thinks that because um and i can't shake it you know like i do say i do say one side of me sees them together but the other side of me I don't know I just I do hear you but I personally don't feel like length of time spent together or a length of time served is a reason to stay in a relationship that's no longer serving you and there is a part of me that thinks 
if they have changed enough individually into whatever they are after five or 10 years and the pieces don't fit anymore, gluing them together just because of a history or shared traumas or experiences may not be the right move. I'm not saying they wouldn't have tried and sought outside help in this scenario, in this option B. I think they did do all of that. But at the end of the day, it would have been a very amicable decision that this is not the best option for the two of us anymore. And when I say something in common, I mean something beyond hobbies and activities and politics. Like you can have tangible things in common with someone, but not be aligned in these other fundamental ways. And so I'm speaking to that issue that there's um, there's a disconnect that I could see for them. Again, this is only one option for me. And the other option, their relationship is happy and healthy and Ben keeps writing boring books. But but I also do see this other option. And for whatever reason, I just kind of... Did Michael ruin it? Uh, <laughs> he didn't help it. Right. But, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I just... That is just for whatever reason. I'll have to like really flesh that out. Maybe I'll have to write some fan fiction about it that no one will read. I just have that thought that they they might be one of the couples that doesn't make it. Right. And after Ben tells Michael that he's over and then Michael runs and tells Debbie, what, how does Debbie react? Oh, not well. <laughs> of course not well. Uh, Is she yeah. over there? She come over there and give, read him down? Yeah. Well, I think she reacts not very poorly the first time, but I think then she steps back from it and is like, Okay, well, I guess y'all are grown. And so I guess... Because they're 50 now. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't think this happens after 20 years. I think maybe maybe this happened maybe five years ago. Five five to seven years ago. And uh, so I think, like, she's kind of... She's always going to be Debbie, but I think she can simmer. She can go to simmer a lot faster than she used to be able to. uh, To go from boiling and take, you know... (laughs) If she ever got back down to a simmer, you know, it, it was, was a miracle. Take her a week. Yeah. And so I think at least a week. Yeah. That's on a good day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's on something that ain't even important. <laughs> but uh, that's when they got JR's ears yeah, pierced. That part. Okay. <laughs> you know? but, but anyway, so yeah, I just, I just have that thought. I'll have to think about this some more about why I, I'll have to revisit it. Y'all weigh in. We, we dying to hear what y'all think. Are they together or not, y'all? Yeah. What is it? I mean, I'm okay. If they're still together, I'm okay with that. But if they're not, I'm like, yeah, not surprised. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'll say it like that. Okay. Since I'm still having to think about that, let's move on to Melanie and Lindsay. And then with that, you can tie in Gus and Jared. Uh-uh. You, you start them off, baby girl. Okay. Ooh-wee. Okay. So with Melanie and Lindsay, and uh, this is another one that I feel two ways about. I feel like they, so they go to Canada and I feel like they move back um, when Gus is probably maybe around when he's like a junior or a senior. I feel like they move back to the States. I think there's a lot of stuff going on in the political climate around that time that is like very enticing to the two of them Mm -hmm. because, you know, they love to advocate and they want to be like on the ground about doing some of this stuff. So I think that they come back when, when Gus is probably a junior or a senior. But I think they do that because he's wanting to go to college in the States and mm-hmm. they don't want to be that far away from him. Plus, all that other stuff is uh, going on. And they feel like, OK, maybe the climate is a little bit better. And there has been so much travel from everyone trying to come and keep a relationship with them and with the kids, like from from Debbie and Carl traveling to, you know, Brian and, and Michael and just everyone doing all this traveling, trying to see everybody. I think that they decide to come back stateside because I don't think that. Yeah. So like, even going back further than that, when they got there. I think they went through a tough time because we know Melanie could not practice law when they got there. Mm-hmm. And so she probably took 
maybe she took some clerkship or maybe something like that until she could get properly licensed to practice there. And so money was tight. And you know, when money is tight in a relationship, Girl. when money is tight, we gonna fight. Yeah. So. Oh, I love that. Yes. All right. So, so that was happening. And you know, they can, they stay below, all the hits are below the belt Baby. between those two. They're below. always below the belt. And I think they're trying to do a little bit better because they vowed to do better. And the kids are grown now. Yeah, and the kids are a little bit older. Yeah, Yeah. they understand. And so I think they do try a little bit better. But I think those first couple of years were were pretty hard, but they kept in mind, like, we're doing this to keep our kids safe because bad things are happening to people like us Mm -hmm. back home. And so that's what kept them going. But, yeah, I do think that they moved back to the States. um, And Are they going through the motions or are they still in love? Ooh, see, here go the evil side of me. <laughs> the evil side of me is like, uh, uh-uh, they don't, I don't they think they're in love. Yeah, yeah but, I, to be honest, uh, I don't uh, think uh, so. Honestly, I go, I go 80, 80 percent thinking they don't, they don't stay together. They don't because I think for a little while they stay together, but it's more they realize, okay, we're just doing this because we're so used to fighting for mm-hmm. gay rights and lesbian rights and whatnot, and so we we're fighting for that, but not necessarily because we're so in love with right. each other. Mm-hmm. And so we've been staying together more so out of a commitment to that fight. And not because we're so deeply in love with exactly. each other. But yeah, I think they had so many issues and so much they just junk. Work and they, it. Yeah, and they just really didn't. They loved each other. They genuinely loved each other. But I just don't think that they were ever the right fit. Right. And they tried it to be. And, but it made them change who they were right. to try to fit in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think you get to a, if you're lucky, you get to a point in life where you're like, I'm not doing that anymore. True. We all grow. You're not the same person that you are 10 years ago. So, yeah. and and then 10 years before that, you're not that same person, you know, right. like, so you're always growing and it gets to a point where you just, I'm not going to play this game anymore. And you just kind of shut the shit down. Yeah. And if you do, if you, if you make a drastic change like that, clearly your partner is going to see. Either that it's gonna they're gonna react in a negative way or a positive way, and I feel if you're changing the habits that your partner is accustomed to for many, 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 many years, oh, it's gonna be a negative reaction, you know. Yeah. And one of them shut something down. I just don't. I just don't see them still together. I, I agree. I really don't. wholeheartedly. I, don't, I really don't. I was trying to give you that first option of them. So either way, I think they come back to the states. I think. Yeah. I think. No, I agree. What yeah. I'm not even gonna change none of that. I yeah. agree. Everything yeah. you said. And so with, if, okay, with them splitting up, I do see them coming back a little bit earlier. I think they try to keep stay out there for as long as they can, uh, and then they might even like try to do that whole cohabitation thing right, again. again and it only works because maybe the house is a little bit bigger mm-hmm. True. <laughs> you know and they agree and like, this time they really got to put on the front because like we yeah. said the kids can understand I th- but now. i think it's like if you want to date that's fine just don't do it yeah in our neighborhood they said great rules and boundaries they did, yeah they, they said much better boundaries mm-hmm. and rules but then yeah they come back and when they come back they do move to separate mm-hmm. separate houses at that point um but yeah i just don't i i'm sorry but i just don't see yeah, uh, yeah. Same thing. I'm okay if they are, but I just really don't see them still together. I don't. And they've already lived apart. Like they are they already understand what it takes. So they're all okay. Like they're they're not suffering. Yeah, even like, the kids are okay. But yeah. I mean divorce is divorce for kids. But I think the the kids have fifty million parents anyway. They're Seriously. used to being at ten ten different houses. Exactly. And so I think that they handled this one way better than mm-hmm. any other split that they've had. And they pull in professional help yep. for themselves and for the kids. And yeah, I just, I think they call it yeah. quits and yeah. And everybody's hands on deck. They just commit Everybody. to co-parenting yep. and they remain friends. And I think they're better as friends mm-hmm. than they ever were as a couple. Because they're always going to protect each other no matter what. They're always still going to have that love. It just wasn't meant for them to be in a relationship and in love, you know? Like, you're never going to discredit that love that they share for each other. We we know that off the top. Yeah, okay, I'm glad we agree yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I won't change a word. 
word of yours. Like, that was fantastic. It was. But yeah, they're not together. They move back home. Everybody's involved. It's a whole village raising everybody. I feel like the kids are the glue. The kids are the, the, kids are the glue. for. They already have their own working relationships. But now that when you're growing old, life can pull you in so many different ways. Right, right. So the kids growing older, you know, they're living their lives. I mean, yeah. So definitely they came back home for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then as far as Gus and JR, like, I think they're good kids. They're great kids. Um, I think uh, JR has got a little bit of her mama and her daddy in her. Mm. So she is stubborn and she is a little bit whiny. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, spoiled. Yeah, but they're great kids. They're well mannered. Um, I think they're very, um, they're very progressive because mm-hmm. of their parents have been very intentional about exposing them to different walks of life in uh, different ways to live life. Not just mm-hmm. because of your sexuality, you know, for all the things that make us different. And they really embrace that. And I think that um, they use that with their friends, you know, and, um, but yeah, I think they're just like cool, normal kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't care about what their sexuality oh, is. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> yeah like, no. uh, well, listen to teens anyway, so they can be whatever they want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I don't really, I don't really care what, what their sexuality is for either one of them. I don't care. And whether they're dating or not, I don't think it's something that's like super important to either one of them. Right. Um, because I think. If anything, they've got like too much of that. You know, yeah. people are too woke and they're like, I ain't got time for no relationship. Yeah. You know, there are, there are rights to be fighting for mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. Girl. But that's what I kind of see for them in those like high school years. Yeah. Good one. Uh, yeah. I know y'all, y'all gotta agree. I know y'all agree <laughs> on that. I do. I okay. Do. Yeah. Okay. So then let's move on to, I was saving this for last. So, Brian and Justin, you can do them separately or together. Well, they have to be separately. I'm just going to start off with, yes, y'all, they are still together. Okay? They are still together. Not in your traditional sense of together, because that's not Brian and Justin. But, yes, they are still together. Justin is still in um, the Big Apple. Okay? He actually enjoyed it. Like, that was the best thing that could have ever happened to him. Him following his his dreams and um, pursuing his art. Yes, he became a huge name in New York. I mean, really, really big. He never let the success get to his head. He's still grounded. He's still level-headed. He still talks to the, the group. Uh, I think they're in a group chat, you know, because he don't get home a lot because he his job is super important. He's always on the go. He's traveling. He's in Europe. He's in Manhattan. He's doing shows, all this and that. Then he still got Brian and the kids. I mean, like, so he's busy so i mean thank god we have iphones and we can facetime we got zoom and things of that way because i think he he does he does he is going to call and check in okay um jennifer flies up you know she comes to see him molly she's doing well so happy that she actually got out of that damn school i know it okay. <laughs> he went and just broke her out yeah. once he got enough money he was like i will pay the ransom yeah. to get her out of this boarding school got her ass out okay <laughs> yeah. like he, he rescued her okay because we had just left her ass like i don't know it was, what happened to her but um, so he got her back. But um, he, he he's thriving out there. He holds workshops um for less fortunate kids or or kids who kind of went through the same type of trauma he went through because he wanted to give up on his talents. He wanted to give up on art because he thought it was over for him. But no, he mentors those type of kids who've been through traumatic traumatic experiences who want to give up. Art is their their main passion, but they just can't. They they don't have the confidence anymore to pursue it. So he does those workshops and he does those for free. That's something that's that's how he gives back um, to the city and back to the community. So he does those for free in his um, in his spare time. But 
as far as professional career, he is still th- um, thriving out there in the art world. He is a huge name, worth so much. He is like a equal to Brian. You know, Brian has always been a success. Um, this this huge name, this huge entity. Well, Justin is on the same the same level, and he is still the same humbled, caring, loving, fearless. Um, young man, although he is grown, grown now, but he still got that young man spirit in him. Uh, Brian. Brian is happy being, I guess, a husband, although they're not married. He's still a husband to Justin. He's not in competition with anybody. He's content. He's fulfilled. He's happy. He's living life. He's enjoying his kid. They're back home in the States, so he's seeing him a lot more. That traveling was uh, was too much for him. Um, he just, he's, he's loving everything. I mean, he's grown older, wiser. He's calmed down. He's um, secure in who he is. He knows right now if he can go out, he can go out at 50 right now and pull whoever he wants. But he chooses not to do that because, I mean, he has everything he, ne- everything he needs is in front of him. They have two homes. They have um, a penthouse apartment in Manhattan. And then they still they still kept the country home out in the country because he wanted them stables in that tennis courts. OK, so um, they kept that. So, you know, they're in between both homes and they come back to Pittsburgh every now and again. But it's really hard for them to get back there because their schedules are busy. Like you said before, Brian opened multiple um, um, kinetics. So he has uh, another one that he runs in Manhattan while Ted oversees the other one in um, in Pittsburgh. And um yeah, I mean, like he's he's content. He's happy. He's just living life. He's enjoying getting older. He knows that it's a blessing now to get older, and it's not a curse. He still is gonna he's still gonna have that youthful playboy in him. He's still gonna be sarcastic in his responses, but I mean, it's still still Brian. He's still gonna be Brian, but just more comfortable, more at ease, and more confident within himself. He's not so hard on himself. He let all those walls down, and he's open to love. He's open to whatever comes to him. He doesn't have to be in control of everything. Yes, I love all of it. Okay, so I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna do these two. And this is one that I feel two ways about, but not in the way you're thinking. Like not at all in the way you're thinking. Say, Don't get no, 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 because they're definitely still together. Yes, like there is no no, there's no denying that. Like I'm glad that you start led with that. Like let me that's all people care about. So let me just lead with that. <laughs> they're still together. And the two options I'm gonna tell you about, like, they're still together in both of them. But what I see is Yeah, Justin went off to New York and he was very successful. Like, it wasn't a lie. What Lindsay had said and what that guy wrote in that article, I think think he was a success. And I think it happened a lot faster than he thought it would. And so even though part of that was exciting for him, I think a little bit of it was overwhelming Mm -hmm. for him. And I think Brian really helped with that bite. Because Justin's always going to be grounded on his own, but I think Brian really helps him find some normalcy in all the Mm -hmm. chaos and all the travel and all of that stuff, you know, all these demands that are on him. His presence just calms him, period. Yeah, I think so. And it's just like, and Brian can just sense when I need to be in whatever room Justin is in Mm -hmm. right now because he is going, like let's say he's preparing for a show. He's got a show coming up and Justin is over critiquing himself on something. Mm -hmm. Brian will just take his work into their little in-home studio, you know, Justin's in-home studio at the manor there. (laughs) And, and also do his work in there because yeah, his presence does calm him. I think, and but they learn to do that for for each other. When Brian is like, you know, all these new agencies keep popping up, and even though he won't admit it, he feels that threat. He feels mm-hmm. them chopping at his heels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Justin is there to remind him why you are the best and why your agency has been able to grow through a recession. Because mm-hmm. you know, a little bit after the show, after five thirteen, there was a recession. recession. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's like there's a reason that you were still successful through that, and he really helped with that. Got in there, was like, okay, if I need to draw stuff or write, you know, whatever, I'll do that for you. And so 
Um, I think like that has only grown between them, like how they are there for each other professionally and just in like normal Mm -hmm. day to day life, like emotionally. I do think that they have a place in in New York and I think they have the place in Pittsburgh and I think they have the manor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think wherever they are, it's just kind of like it depends on what they need from Mm -hmm. life at that moment, where is where they are. I think that with all of the success for for Justin and with Kinetic, I think sometimes they need to just feel like normal people. And so I think with that, Justin will like host dinner parties mm-hmm. at the manor mm-hmm. for just different friends that they make. Because I do think that they expand their friend group oh, a little bit. You know, of course, Ted and Blake will be there. That's but they, the core, but yeah. every day, because they're not seeing these people every day. So right. you have every days that you see. Yeah. So yeah, it expanded over 20 years. Yes, it's definitely Yeah, expanded. and so I think that they do a little bit of that, you know, and so he has these, they have these little things that they put in place that make them feel just kind of normal and not like the big power couple that they are. Right. Uh, and... I feel like I do think that Brian gets better about the whole aging thing because he sees that he is aging beautifully yes, <laughs> you okay. know? and uh, is aging like very fine wine. And so he is not bothered no shrinkage, by that. Y'all. Yeah. No shrinkage. No. And you know, and now that you bring that up, I do think that, and you can, again, this is my opinion. Okay. People, <laughs> so go ahead. Let me tell you what you do. Type that email and then hit trash. Put it in your yeah. trash folder. Okay, don't don't send me that because this is my opinion that I'm allowed to have. Yes, but I do think that they be they end up eventually as a monogamous couple, but mm-hmm. it's not because of a conscious choice or conversation right. that they had. It was just like, oh wow, it's been a long time since I've tricked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, mm. and then like one day they just kind of ask like, when was the last time yeah. you did? When was the last time? It was like, oh, it's been a minute. And they're like, oh, okay. And then they just go with mm-hmm. it. You know. I do think at some point they start wearing their rings because I think Brian kept those for a reason. Yep. And so I think there is a decision to wear those and to be married in a way that makes sense for them. Right. Now, I know a lot of Brian's character is based on uh, Ron, Ron uh, Cowan, who wrote this, you know, mm-hmm. one of the writers and creators of the show. And I know he and Dan got married when it became legal. And so I'm like, okay, well, if a lot of if there's a lot of him in Brian, then maybe they go in that direction and get like officially married. But I think either way... No matter whether they do it legally on paper or just between the two of them, they're it's, married it's, inside, yeah. and yeah. it's they and it's going to look the way that works for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's is how that's gonna work. Uh, they never were worried about what the world viewed them as. Yeah, so yeah. why would they start worrying in that worrying now? Right. Yeah, I think it's just a convers. I think it's just like a a short little thirty second conversation or decision that's made while they're laying in bed together when they start wearing the rings right. you know it's not like a big ceremony kind of thing like justin just so happens look in the drawer and they're right there and it's like oh look at these yeah and then they're out <laughs> on the counter the next day you see them on their fingers type shit, yeah or know? something like that yeah it's just it's a very brian and justin thing that happens you know um to where there there will be like a little bit of sentimentality mm-hmm. into it there might be some a couple words exchanged but then just like they've always been, Justin knows to bring them out of that before it gets right. like too emotional yeah. or sappy. And so they make some joke about something. <laughs> Real quick. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what what I what I see for them. I do think that they have several locations for Kinetic, and that's what I was referring to earlier with Ted. I think that he goes to maybe like set up one of those, be it the New York office, mm-hmm. or maybe he lets Brian handle that one. So he goes to like Chicago or whatever. Right. He yeah. like, and they try it there. So that's what I was referring to, but I couldn't say it earlier. Uh, I also see um, where I also see Emmett and Drew running into the circle, bumping into Brian and Justin a lot. Oh yeah, because with their jobs yeah. traveling, mm-hmm. I see that. And you know, whenever they're in the city, they're gonna link up. Drew, I mean, um, Emmett, Emmett and Justin 
always had like this really good relationship um, thing going on. I think they all they trusted each other. They they could relate to each other. So and then also Brian respected Emmett as well because Emmett was the one who was who, who has always stood up to him and called him out on his on his bullshit. So I mean, and, and it always came from a loving place. But Emmett was the one who did have that backbone. Uh, he and so Brian respects that. So I feel like they're all in a good a good place and they are doing wonderful things. They run into each other and yeah. they actually hang out and see each other. Yeah, all the time. And I think that they're and to make sure they hang out. I think there is probably like some annual trip mm-hmm. planned, you know, that they all that they all come to. Not necessarily the girls included. That's they handle that separately. But the guys, I think there is some annual trip that mm-hmm. they that they do. You know, I think the family, of course, the whole family, of course, does a couple things throughout the year, right. including Jennifer and that's Christmas. They do holidays together for sure. <laughs> yeah, holidays at Debbie's. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they do like some Mother's Day thing or whatever, mm-hmm. and then like yeah, holidays. They we do know that. Debbie throw down on Christmas, y'all. Yeah. Oh, I think there was a big fight between Debbie and Justin on who was going to host the holidays. And they end up being held at the manor. Yes. I was thinking that originally. The house is just, Debbie's house is just not big enough. And I think Justin just has to sit her down and say, look, Debbie, Baby, we have a whole, we have a whole study (laughs) and and we have three, we have a a three dining rooms. Yeah. Yeah. We got like three ovens in the the kitchen. Like this just ain't going to work no more, babe. Yeah. No, it's not going to work. And then we can just send the kiddos off to the back. Like we can hear every footstep. It's a fight. She's upset. Mm -hmm. And then Carl's like, oh yeah, babe, I hear you. You know, I, I, I hear you. But you know those horses are calling, and, yeah, and yeah. the tennis courts, man. Yeah, and he really like helps her see how this could actually be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what happens there. But yeah, I think Ted more so slips into being, aside from Justin, of course. I think Ted more so slips into being Brian's best friend. Yeah, for sure. He's still, Brian and Michael are so close because they have all that history and they have all this deep love for each other. But I think that Ted more spends so, more time. Yeah, and, and he was, he spends more time, and then they friendship just it their grew. wavelengths are just a yeah, little bit closer. It is to like me. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And but we we saw that transitioning happening during the show. Mm-hmm. It only makes sense for it to keep continue growing in that in that in that pace. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like so. I think their newest venture, Brian and Justin, they have just opened an art gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they took over. The one that um, Bloom Gallery mm-hmm. uh, that Lindsay worked at, right, and maybe uh-huh. they bought that in there. But they're gonna do it in a non pretentious way, and so because this is Justin, and he's like, I want to give the graffiti artist on the street a right. chance to have his work mm-hmm. seen, and um, so yeah, I think they do it in a way that is non pretentious. Do you think that um, Sam and Justin run in the same circles? Oh no, I think that Sam tries to act like he knows Justin, and Justin is like, who? Yeah, like a uh, homewrecker. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. You don't, you don't you don't know how hard it was putting this family back together. Yeah. Okay, um, because of your ass. Yeah, no. I think Sam might try to ride his coattails, but I think yeah. I think he kind of like becomes old news right, he in the in the art world in the industry, yeah. And um I want to get this in before I forget. When I said that I could go two ways about Brian and Justin and I was not talking about them being together or not because they are together. What I was referring to was the children issue with them. And I'm not trying to give everyone kids. I'm just basing this off what I see in the characters and how I think their lives could look in the future. I'm not forcing a heteronormative agenda or trying to domesticate everyone. I'm taking what I saw of them up through 513 and thinking about a likely trajectory going forward. And you just can't look at Brian in that uh, may I have the rings please scene with Gus and tell me that he does not love being a father to him. And so I wonder if at some point he would at least consider 
getting to have interactions like that almost every day with a child or children that he would raise with Justin. And I think it's also that Justin might come back around to wanting maybe after some years have passed and they revisit the conversation. Maybe Justin will again want children. Um, But yeah, I could really go either way on that. I could go either. I think they could go either route on that. And I think whatever decision is made, they will both be okay with that because it will be a decision that they made together with neither of them having to sacrifice anything. It would really be, this is what makes the most sense for us. And this is what we want as individuals. And it just happens to also be what we want as a couple. So I could go either way on the kid thing with uh, Brian and Justin. That's what I think. I think for the most part, my comment about them, let me slip this in there. My comment about them being a monogamous couple, I think it's because you can kind of tell definitely by season four that Brian's kind of getting bored mm-hmm. with that lifestyle. Now, he's always going to be a person who allows himself to do whatever he wants to do, but he's kind of getting bored with with that. And because he has been on this path of healing and he continues that, he doesn't need it for the same reasons anymore. He still enjoys he enjoys sex because he likes sex, mm-hmm. but I think he doesn't need it for the same reasons. And so that's why I feel like it just kind of tapers off and it becomes this like, I am so satisfied with what mm-hmm. I have going on that I don't even think about it. And I didn't even realize I wasn't thinking about right. it. So I want to say that it's not because I think they have to conform to anything. It's not that at all. They're not changing I think it, Yeah. I think it's just like the natural course of their life. Right. And then, yeah, with Justin being so busy and all sorts of stuff going right. on, like they just, yeah, it just flows with their natural, like this is where they are in life mm-hmm. now. Oh, I agree. <laughs> That's spot on. Okay. I think I think we were on point with them. Okay, well, this is this ended up being really fun. Yeah, well, yeah, I, it, it was because um, I was dying to see what your brain was thinking about over there, and um, a lot of times we lined up. You we know, did. Now, I ain't gonna say like a hundred percent, but we lined the up. The only main one was the Ben and Michael thing, and I gotta yeah. keep thinking about where that's coming from. I don't know, but I don't know, but I'll get back to y'all on it's, that. It's brewing in your spirit. It's so in you, my you, spirit. You're feeling something. It is in my spirit. Yeah. So I'll get back. Know. I'll get back to y'all. Know. Well, guys, we we down here what y'all got to say, okay? Like, let let us know. But um, remember, if it's going to be on that Brian. If it's on that negative yeah, stuff on that about neg- that Brian comment, yeah. type the email <laughs> and then hit the trash button. <laughs> <laughs> that part. Well, guys, you know, we love you guys, and we love to hear your thoughts and your commentary. Yes, we do. So definitely send those in. Let us know how you weigh in on those relationships and where they are now. Alrighty, guys. Well, until next time, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.